0: before this podcast starts we have a couple things we would like to let you know about first we have some big plans for the future we are so excited for where this podcast is going but we really need some help we both have full-time jobs along with church and family and here are some ways that you can help share our posts subscribe and leave a review Also, we would like to buy better equipment, and we also have some plans for the future that are going to need funding. You can either become a monthly or a one-time listener supporter. The link is in the show notes, or you can buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash breaking taboo, or you can click the link in the show notes. Next thing is, me and my husband are going on AIM to Japan. You can support us one of three ways text to give. You can text AIM206 to 71777, or you can buy a t-shirt or hoodie from our shop on Bob Fire called Seek and Save Apparel, or you can become a partner in missions. To find more information on anything, please visit our Instagram page, Romans to Japan or Breaking Apostolic Taboo. Thank you for joining, and we are so excited for this week's episode. get out of your head. Let's stop the spiral of toxic thoughts and study the book of Philippians to try to change our thought patterns. We hope that on Breaking Apostolic Taboo that this study helps enlighten you and helps you grow in your relationship with God. Please enjoy this week's study. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Breaking Applesauce Taboo and the series on Get Out of Your Head. This is session three, part one, that we're going to be doing today. And um, it may be a little short. Um, I'm in a lot of pain today. I had an incident and uh, almost thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. So. It's been interesting so far today, and um, so, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into this, all right? Remember the greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. This is the epicenter of the battle. So, I'm going to train you to fight. I'm going to give you weapons to help make the shift from negative fleshly Worldly thinking to clean, simple, straightforward thinking. The Apostle Paul talked about thinking that reflects the mind of Christ. That's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. We're going to look closely at our spirit at our spirals and retain our minds to interrupt our spirals. As we go to war with each toxic thought, we will begin to see the fruit of freedom of believing truth, walking moment by moment in our identity as children of God. The spiraling, chaotic thoughts that have so long kept us trapped will give way to the peace and beauty and abundant life Jesus died to give us. Over the next two weeks, we'll dig deep into the chapter 2 of Philippians and discover that Paul gives us weapons to fight. These weapons might blow your mind because we don't think of them as practically or particularly powerful or aggressive concepts, but they are. In Philippians two, Paul is urging the Philippian church to empty themselves for others. Glorious, gloriously embodied by Christ's submission to God by taking on the form of a man and laying down his life uh, for the glory for the glory of God and our good. You see, Paul understands the man condition and he knows the struggle of the Philippian church. It is our struggle too. We don't want to think about others. Paul knows that our minds control our actions, our bodies always move in the direction our head is turned. The glory of God and the good of people. It is the opposite of the American dream and the opposite of everything our flesh craves. And Paul's words and Jesus' life in chapter 2 teach us that, or teach us it will be our only satisfying purpose and path to joy. Made himself nothing, took on the nature of a servant, humbled himself, obedient, death on a cross. If those phrases describe a man, it would be great of It would be a great act of self-denial worthy of attention, but how infinitely more powerful that those words describe God! Our response is only to bow down and worship and surrender our lives. If my Savior chose the cross over His comfort so I could be reconciled, then I choose others over myself, and it starts in my mind. In these weeks together. We will study the scriptures and examine how we can use the following weapons to fight the enemies of our mind. This week, let's look at humility, silence, and delight as choices we can make to stop our spiraling thoughts. Read Philippians 2. Describe the things that would make Paul's joy complete. So let me get out my Bible real fast. And we're gonna turn to Philippians 2. kind of working with one hand so it's been rough so we're going to read verses one through four in philippians chapter two if there be therefore any consolation in christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love being one and of one accord of one mind let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others bef- better than themselves look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. oops i accidentally read verse time anyways so describe the things that would make paul's joy complete in verse 5, Paul is about to lay out the summary of the gospel. Who or what is Paul hoping this will impact? I'll read verse 5 again. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Summarize Philippians 2, 6-11 in your own words. We're going to read 6-11 right here. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God? of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What are the results of worshiping and living like Jesus? Verses 12 through 17. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as... In my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without uh, murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, and among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your f- faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. In verses 19 through 30, note the ways in these verses that Paul says they lived differently than those who looked out for their own interests. But I trust in the Lord Jesus, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy, shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things of which are Jesus Christ, but ye the proof of him that as a son with the Father he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore I hope to send presently as so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet yeah, I suppose it necessary to send to you Ephroditus, um, uh, my brother, and companion, and laborer, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that my, uh, minister to my wants. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick, for indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him, therefore, the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in my And the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. And then look back at Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. How are we unlike the world? How do we become Christ? Or how do we become like Christ living the opposite way? We are transformed by the renewal of our minds. We renew our minds by filling our minds with truth, with who God says we are, and then holding every other thought up to those truths. Those truths are the our weapons and they stop the spiral in our minds. The weapon of humility. In the first half of Philippians 2, we are tr- uh, we get a true picture of humility. That's our weapon against what Paul describes in the second half: all the me- mental, emotional, and relational chaos that comes from things like grumblings and complainings, anger and arguing, and 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 every man for himself kind of independence that only serves to promote greater greater angst. One of the enemies of our mind, specifically rampant in this generation, is the inflated view of self-being handed to us all over social media, in the shows and movies we watch, even in the self-help books we read. We're fed a continuous message of how much we matter, how very important we are, but in the long run, our urge to protect ourselves and promote our own awesomeness leads to more separation more disillusionment with each other, and more insecurity and fruitlessness comparison. We can make a different choice. Lasting joy will come only when God is in the center, not when I am empowered, but when I rest in His power. Here's how humility cuts through the spirals that can come out of us trying to, get to be better than. Have you ever struggled with the spiral like this? How could choosing humility change things? So we start with emotion and anger. The thought is, "I am better than other people." The behavior is self, self-promoter and self-protector, Dr- and the relationships draining and neglected. The consequence is unknown and feeling unloved. If we start with anger and and choose to serve God other, oh, serve God and others over myself. The thought becomes, the more I choose God and others over myself, the more joyful I will be. The behavior promotes and protects others. The relationships are generous and joyful, and the consequences selflessly serves others. The weapon of silence. Humility is impossible unless we quiet the chatter and the noise and sit with Jesus. He's the source of our power. There can be no fighting until we're quiet with Him. him. Silence in itself is the most basic, intimate form of humility. We lay down everything and just stop because we know He is greater. Plus, in the stillness and quiet, not only do we connect with God, but we are also able to more clearly identify what is wrong. Recognizing our spirals and naming them is the first step in interrupting them. That's why the enemy wants to fill our lives and our heads and our hearts with noise because silence with God is the beginning of every victory. Stillness, solitude, and the presence of God is the basis of our strategy for interrupting all kinds of problematic thought patterns. Let's say that you're buried under a pile of stress and angst because of some situations at work. Here's how your thoughts probably churn their way through your mind. I'm upset because I was passed over for the the promotion I deserved. I'm stressed because I'm working overtime, yet not making ends meet. I am anxious because I'm running behind on my project and letting people down. Now, you'll notice a pattern in each of these thoughts. The negative emotion is because of a reason. There are plenty of distractions awaiting to help you numb the frustration and stress. But here's where you get to use the weapon of silence. In silence, we get to rewrite that pattern while taking back the power he has given us. In other words, we can cognitively reframe our situation with the new pattern looking like this. The negative emotion and reason, so I will choose this. Here's how those thoughts can be changed I'm upset and I was passed over, so I will choose to remember that God has not forgotten me. I'm angry and she was rude, so I will choose to meditate on God's kindness toward me, or meditate on God's, ki- God's kindness towards me. I'm frustrated and didn't keep my commitment to myself, so I will choose to look up verses on God's mercies toward me and how it's new every single day. When you're stuck in a downward spiral of discontent and distraction, get quiet. What truth will you shift your thoughts toward in order to To combat the lie that anything else can satisfy you, like spending time with God. So, our spiral starts with emotion our our emotion is uh, discontent. The thought is, I'll feel better if I stay distracted. The behavior is constant inputs. The relationship is needy and frantic, and the consequence is insecure. But... If we are discontent and choose to be still, the thought will be only being with God will satisfy me. The behavior will be prayer and meditation. The relationship will be calming and re- reassuring. And the consequence is secure. The weapon of delight. In verse 17 of Philippians 2, after instructing his friends to do everything without grumbling and complaining, Paul invites them to be glad and rejoice, though he's being pour, uh, poured out like drinking like a drink offering in jail, he offers a powerful choice. It makes me think of how often have we chosen to be unhappy rather than seeing the best and celebrating the good. We have chosen to see only the struggles and grumbling or grumble and complain about the bad. Who wants to live that way? The enemy's strategy is to flood our thoughts with visions of all that is wrong in this broken, fallen world to the point we don't even think to look for the positive anymore. We get um, an aside, uh, we get cynical, but God has an abundance of joy and delight for us, and we're missing it with, the, with our arms crossed. What if there was another way to live? When, re, uh, when researchers studied awe and beauty, they found an interesting connection. When we experience awe, we move toward others in a beneficial way. We are freed from being the center of our own worlds for just a moment, and we become more invested in the well-being of others, more generous, less entitled. Stopping to delight in beauty is powerful. Cynicism says I'm surrounded by incompetence, frauds, and disappointment. Delight is a weapon that tears down our walls and allows hope and worship to flood in. And guess how worship springs up in us. We will look for delight instead of problems. We have a choice. If we, if our emotion is hurt, our thoughts will be: people are not trustworthy, and life will not work out. Our behavior will become critical and self, of self and others. Our relationships will co- will become sarcastic and cold, and our consequence is cynical. If we are hurt and choose to to delight in God, our thought will be God is trustworthy and will, in the end, work all things out. Our behavior becomes believing in the best in others. Our relationships are engaged and curious, and our consequence is trusting. Who are you, Lord, and what do you want from me? Read Psalms 19:1 through 6, and lot of what you read, and answer the question above. If you are following along in the book, you can go through the projects yourself, and I'm going to read the conclusion. Being single-minded is impossible unless we have something to focus on that is worthy of consuming our every thought and hope and dream. Only one thing... And all of life cannot be exhausted by our complete focus and attention, the one who created us and died for us. Oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. In Psalm 69, 5. All of our thoughts are not yielded to God. In fact, if anyone knew half of the what goes down in our heads, we'd have no friends. But this is the beauty of the gospel. It is both worry of our full selves and able to reconcile ourselves or it is both worthy of our full selves and able to reconcile ourselves back to christ it is beautiful it is this beautiful trans it is beautiful and transformative the gospel forgives our folly and resets us in new ways every morning because his mercies are new every morning we get fresh starts again and again and again and again and again. We're going to be all over the place. We're going to be all over the place all of our lives. But if we can have the posture and discipline of a single mind mindedness, the desire to please God, the desire to shift, he will transform us. In my imagination, I picture heaven, a full service, because that is actually when I am most fulfilled, most connected to Jesus and to other people. We were built for this. Our joy comes from the very thing that we think might steal it. Laying down our lives. And next week, we will do session four, part two, weapons we use. And I will see you next week.